0: is freezing. Uh, where Dr. Eugene Thomas is, it's, it's in the 50s. And, uh, and of course, you know, there's snow people. <laughs> so good morning to you. The Lord bless you this morning. There's a word that God wants to give to you to strengthen you, to build you up. Remember, the word will never return void. Uh, Dr. Gene Thomas. Jean Thomas is the one that does the communion and preach on Thursday night at Reken of the Flame. He is married to Amanda Lee, Dr. Amanda Lee. Both of them are doctors. Both of them are doctors. Amanda Lee. So I, I, I'm so, so privileged to introduce one more time Dr. Gene Thomas to share the word with you. Heavenly Father, bless those that are about to hear what is coming from Virginia in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning everybody. Welcome today. It's good to be here with you in spirit as we trust one another and move together and just study the Lord's Word a little bit. I want you to know what a, what a privilege it is. What a joy it is to be here with you. To think that all across all these miles and different places, we can hear one another and listen to the word of God as it speaks to us. Let me read some of this passage for you that I was assigned. The passage is uh, a story of an incident in the life of the early church. You know... The book of Acts recounts the story of how it all started. You've got to start somewhere. I mean, in everything you do in life, somewhere you have to start. Sometimes beginnings are hard and difficult and confusing. But we'll get into that. We're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I'm going to read the scripture to you. From the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 17. Bear with this King James Version. then as I read. Then the high priest rose up. And all they that were with him, which is of the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, to lay their hands on the apostles. Put them in a common prison. But the angel of the Lord, by night, opened the prison doors. Brought them forth and said, go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and talked. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, and found them not in the prison. They returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when he had opened, we found an old man within Now when the high priest, captain of the temple, and the chief priests, heard these things, they doubted a bit where unto this would rule. And then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. And then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence for they feared the people lest they should have stoned. And when they brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we strictly command you that you should not teach this name? And behold, you have filled your with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. And well there ends the reading for today to consider? Well, you've got to start somewhere, and this is where the church started. This is how it started. These are the stories of the beginning. If you take Luke and Acts and you put them together, you know, most scholars contend that Luke wrote the book of Acts due to the beginnings of them and so forth. That both Acts and Luke begin similarly, and they're connected together, but if you put them together, one book, right dead center is the cross. And the history of Luke, history of the church, is a part of the history of the gospel. And in the center of both those things stands the cross. So we've got to pretend persecution. And today we're, we're in that Topic. I thought before I would begin, I would, I would remember that when you teach the Bible, you, you lay your tools out and you begin to give consideration to it. And there's probably a lot of wonderful under school teachers listening at me who have had the distress of being unable to get to their classes for a long, long time. And in my life, I have been impacted greatly by wonderful Sunday school teachers. Preachers, too, but to a lesser extent. I, I was brought to the knowledge of the Lord through the Sunday school system of church work. And at some point in my early, early life, they turned the task of teaching over to me. Now, I was teaching the Bible and a lay leader in the church prior to conversion and being gifted by the Holy Ghost of God, the the baptism of the Spirit or anything else. That is to say, I was entrusted with these things before I was qualified to have have them. (laughs) And great Sunday school teachers will always do that to you. You know, they, they will release you up. To be all that you can be. And I'll commend them this morning. And let me tell you what's in my toolbox. And then I'll get going here in a second. First thing is that I have is a Bible that is unusual. You see there? It's the outline Bible. Very unusual Bible. Because it takes passages like this and outlines them for you so that you don't have to do the ruling work of trying to figure out what it is that the passage is trying to say. And so I'll use that in the construction of my talk to you this morning. The other thing that I use is a, what's called a Greek interlinear Bible. Sunday school teachers have known about this for a long time, Many a good one. And you can print off a text like this. And it looks complex, but it's not. On one side here, you got the reading of the Word of God. And then to the left of it, you take each word apart in the Old Greek. You don't have to know Greek in order to understand what it says. That's a Greek interlinear Bible. I put that over there so I wouldn't make too many mistakes and look like too big a fool. And the last thing I've got, besides the King James Bible itself, which is laid over here, is... Uh, a, a little book that I found wonderful to have is a guide to prayer and ministry, ministers and other servants. A little book put out by the Upper Upper Room. I've worn mine completely out, but it has different prayers, different passages of Scripture for your daily devotion. So my daily devotions have been leading up to this whole time. I've been praying. Praying about it. So let us pray together. Let us pray. Almighty God, you are the light and life of every soul and my only source of hope. Granted in this time of worship, I may experience your transforming power preparing me for the ministry of this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right. Now that you've seen my tools and thought about them for a minute. Next thing I had to choose was how I'm going to present it to you. Uh, am I going to go verse by verse? Well, that would be what's called expositional. Now, I could do that, but I've got a lot of verses here in a sh- short amount of time. So I have to put a driver on that horse. to I want to do that, hold up on that. But it's a good way to teach. And it's the way I was taught the Bible. Almost every Sunday school teacher I ever had, almost all of them, were verse-by-verse verse teachers of a passage of Scripture. Uh, when I was a young boy, I was in a Baptist Sunday school class of young boys. And they were so bad that you, nobody could control them. And they gave us a Sunday school teacher. and His name was Melvin Hogg, a little, little short man. For a wonderful teacher of young boys. And he taught us the book of Leviticus. Now, that's something to teach. But we were so bad, we would go in the Sunday school room and lock him out, close the door and lock him out. The poor man had to crawl in through the window of the church into the Sunday school room in order to begin to teach us. See? Well, you're not that bad, but but you get what I'm driving at. A Sunday school teacher will take whatever opportunity they have to get the word of God across to you. The way I'm going to do it is simply this way. I'm going to cut it into four little pieces. One, two, three, four. Take the whole thing and cut it up. I'm going to put you in jail, like the text says. Two, I'm going to send an angel to let you out. Three, I'm going to bring you up on charges. Just like the Sanhedrin. Just like the Sadducees. And then, fourth, I'm going to see what you got to say for yourself. And Sunday school lesson will be over this morning. Number one, put you in jail. One of the things that scares me more than anything else in the world, the whole wide world, is being locked up in jail. Now, I don't know whether how you feel about this subject. I know that some of you listening to me this morning might be locked up in jail. I thought about that. Somebody might be a laptop. Somebody might be hurting this morning with a relative in jail. Jail is an awful thing. It's got its own avenues of color. It's got its own smells. It's got its own sights, unbearable, some of them. It's got its own gut-wrenching feeling. It's got its own darkness to it. It's got its own taste. As a pastor, I had an opportunity to visit many jails, and I didn't like none of them. I didn't like the way the door slammed behind me. Uh... And I've been to men's jails and women's jails. Alderson, Alderson West Virginia's one I went to one time. To see a woman in there. I'll never forget it. She came running across the yard, thinking that somebody had finally come to visit her. She pulled off a old dicky cap off to her off of her head, and came rushing in to the room where I was. And was so thankful to see me. She'd shot her husband with a with a shotgun in a pickup truck. Just shot him. He'd, 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 he'd run out on her and, and she couldn't take it anymore. He'd, he'd hurt her feelings and beat her so much until she just gunned him right up and, and gunned him down. Didn't kill him, but, uh, kill him and shot him bad enough for her to go to jail for it, for it. But they finally did let her go. But in that jail, I, 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 I learned something. I knew I didn't like it. And they put the apostles in jail. That's the first thing you want to consider. Not the first time either. It's the second time or more when they were put in jail. And they won't be the last. The New Testament, the birth of the church is in jail. <laughs> I got news for you. The church was born in jail. Good things are born in jail sometimes. Bad things are born in jail too. Adolf Hitler wrote that book, Mon Comfort, locked up they didn't know what to do with him, so they locked him up. Worst thing they could have done, give him a typewriter and put him in there. He had the world of, of, of Deutschland following him in his crazy tirade. But they also locked up Martin the King one time. Mm-hmm. Brought him up on charges and put him in jail. He got to thinking about it himself. He wrote a letter from a Birmingham jail. You ever get a chance to read that letter? He wrote a letter to the bishops of the church. One of them was a Methodist, Methodist bishop, Nolan Harmon. Wrote him a letter, wrote them all a letter, in which he tried to explain to him his difficulty of being a black pastor. And he did it by talking about being a black father. He's sitting there, he said, how, how it is that, how do I explain to my daughter with a stumbling tongue? I remember he, that's his words. A stumbling tongue that I can't take her to the local amusement park because of her skin color. How do I explain that with stumbling tongue? Well, good things come out of jail. Bad things come out of jail. But jail isn't good. I don't recommend you go for nothing. Except maybe to visit your loved ones. Do you have a loved one in jail? I've had one there. Uh, it, it's hard to give me. A, sometimes I lay down at night and go to sleep, and I think of that boy, that lost boy that I knew so well in my family. He was in my family at one time. He he he, took, he he just couldn't stay straight. I kept locking him, but I could think about him laying in that thing with the coldness of it all. Oh dear Jesus, jail, jail. What do you think, boy? How do you think you'd feel? How do you think you'd feel? How do you think it smells like urine in there? And it sounds horrible. People are screaming and hollering. Some worse than others. Never enough to eat. that somebody give it to you. Terrible. You can't just do things when you want to. You're prohibited in jail. Mm-hmm. You need some help. You need something. So you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. You're praying. But in this case, God heard him. Sent an angel. That's too Sent an angel now. An angel. I don't know if this angel had a name. I don't. I don't know. Who it is. I want to tell you something about angels. You don't mess with an angel. Don't fool with them. Do whatever. They, they are a messenger. See, they have a message for you, just like anybody else. You do we see? Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you much. And then you back away as quick as you can, because you remember in uh, remember old uh, Zechariah in the temple. God sent him an angel and tell him he was going to have a son, son, and he was going to name him John. That angel was named Gabriel. He come, talked to John, said, John, now you're going to have a boy, and you're going to name him. I message you, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him John. He's going to be wonderful and uh, be a forerunner of uh, King of Kings, and I said, oh, Okay. John didn't say the message received. He went messing around. He said, Well, now, well, 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 see, uh, I'm somewhat elder. You understand? I, I, I can't. I, I, <laughs> and you know what that angel said? I'm Gabriel. That's so he said. I'm Gabriel. Who do you think you are? <laughs> I don't know how old you are or what your problem is, but don't mess with an angel. Don't bring you up on charges. That's free. You got to get you on charges. When the church wants to really put a hurting on a preacher, they get some charge against him. Now ah, it might be, uh, it better be good because you can you you can fuss with them and 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 tell them you 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 want them to quit preaching or give up their order or Whatever they got to do to get rid of them, they may be bad, terrible, You won't get rid of one, But the way you do it, you have to find a charge. And then you bring them up on charges and you have a church trial, which is a, an anathema, but you have them. And what happens is you get to have somebody to defend you. And then you're going to wonder who your friends are because you're going to want a friend that understands the discipline of the church. What is the discipline of the church? Uh, the church we're considering this morning was so early that it really didn't have much of a discipline to it. I mean, so the charge that the Jews brought against the, uh, the Christians, and these, by the way, are Sadducees, they, they, they didn't believe nothing much in things. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. The list of the things they didn't believe in is as long as you can imagine. And you'd be surprised how many people there are like that today, who will go to great straits, tell you what they don't believe in. And they told these disciples, apostles, what they didn't believe in. And so, and, and the interesting thing is, is, the poor disciples will make in their case based on things they didn't believe in. They, they believed in the they, they just not one. more. <laughs> well, just go. So they will, no, we don't believe in anyone. And we talk about Jesus, who they they hung him on a tree a pole, he, to, to kill him. What about Jesus? Well, I mean, he's rose from the dead. They don't believe the resurrection. So you see, it's just talking to the And there sets the Sanhedrin listening to and by the way they were nominated mostly by Sadducees then. There were some wise Pharisees, one of them called along in a minute. Next verse is but not now. There they are. Brought up on charge. Well, finally, what do you have to say in court for yourself? Brought up like that. What do you say for yourself when you are in trouble? Hey, um, I know that this word has impacted you always want in a certain way. Uh, have you been brought up in court before? Huh? I bet you have. I have a time with you. More often than not. I was a young man, a teenager, big old boy. Got into trouble. Oh God. A bunch of was broke in an old house. We should have never done it, but it was interesting and fun. Sometime around Halloween, we just had uh, what we uh, the police officer didn't think it was fun charged us all with breaking the into of it. Over oh, did it. Of course he did. The judge knew it. The lawyers knew it. Everybody knew it. But us, we were scared to death About a half dozen more of us. Eight of us, I think. We didn't know what to do. I said, I know what to do. I said, what you going to do? I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a man in here that taught me everything I know, and that's about all I know. About the book of Leviticus. His name is Melvin Hogg. He's my Sunday school teacher. He's your Sunday school teacher. <laughs> you ain't been to church. <laughs> been when I was there, he was my Sunday school teacher. And sure enough, Melvin Hogg come into the courtroom. A short fella. Got up on the witness stand and sat down in the chair. The judge looked at him and said, Do you know anything that had to say about these boys? By that time this whole thing had become a big joke to everybody but me. I was getting it. I was getting out of that But uh I was at uh with all his wisdom, he said, Yeah. In fact, he said, I know about half of them. So he knew more than than me. And he said, They're good boys. They're good boys. Well, it makes me weep to think about it and what happened in those days long ago. It makes me weep to think about the early church and the struggles it had as we go along. that's what we were in the, the, the persecution against the early church, according to the outline Bible. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And the Greek text printed out for you, just like that. I want you to know something. Everybody that teaches you in this course has worked on what they're teaching you. Nobody's flying by the seat of nobody's pants. They all work hard and pray hard to produce the word of God for you and, and, and deserve respect. Oh man! After Melvin Hogg took me out of out of that courtroom. By me and my Sunday school teacher, whenever I saw him on the street, I tipped my hat. I bet you that. <laughs> He's dead and gone now. So is St. So Peter. So was St. Paul. But anyway, there you are. There you have it. No foolishness. No fuss. It's all over now. And it's just about my time to shut up. 9.30. God bless you all much today. Hope I can come back here. Hope you let me come back. Don't oh, know, fire me for good. <laughs> In boundless love and mercy, He gave His only Son, who became the sacrifice for everyone. Oh, God's mercy, so amazing to me. Oh God's mercy, so amazes to me to every generation.